Hey everyone, this is Mark with Speak Brave Podcast, your co-host and chair. And this week's episode, I have a special guest, my friend and a business associate and a Toastmaster and just all around a great uh, aficionado of a certain TV show, but he'll tell you more about it. Please welcome everyone, Bill Mellis. Hello. Hello, Bill. I'm so glad you could make it to the show. Let's do some Speak Brave exercises at Speak Brave Podcast. Would you be open to that? Absolutely. So, Bill, tell us who you are, what do you do, um, what do you do during a typical day, and who you are as a person, and then we'll get into the meat of this conversation. I am a financial advisor. I'd like to think that I'm a really good communicator, a really good educator. I try to make sure that I serve as many people as possible to make sure that they are better versions of themselves when I'm done with them. Okay, so let me just make sure I, I get this right. So you're a financial advisor. Yes. You're, you think you're a good communicator. Most of the time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, this is, you know, you, you, you sign up for this podcast, so this All is right. what happens. So a communicator, educator. Yes. And what else did you say? A servant. A ser- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd have put it quite that way. But servant, but I, servant I try to, I, Yes, I try to help people. Let's servant. go with that. Help you. I know, I, I, I know you are. I know you are. So thank you for your service and thank you for your insight. Um, Bill, so what's going on in your life right now? What, what projects are you working on? What's, what's, what just now? Like what, what are the things that uh, take up um, your energy? Most of my day is spent explaining to people what they need to do to keep the money that they have or what they need to do to address large financial challenges that they'll eventually face. For instance, Mark, let's say that you have a three-year-old and a six-month-old, hypothetically. I don't know if you do or don't. I do not. I do not. Just want to be clear. Okay. He does not. But if he did, you'd be in a perfect situation to make sure that you started putting money away for their college education. You're going to need to start putting money away for your retirement. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to consider having some money set aside if you ever run across a long-term care need. Uh, you're going to die, so you probably need life insurance. Right. Different types of life-changing events like that, we try to make sure, I try to make sure people are aware of and different ways that they can address those needs with different financial products. Uh, so this is very interesting, and I'm fascinated by the work that you do and how much effort and how much heart and soul you put into it. What some of the things, what is the resistance what is the resistance or the excuses or the stories that people tell themselves and tell you trying to resist? Or you don't have that too many resistors? <laughs> no, actually, I, I do have resistors. And it's, it's interesting because the people resist the things that normally actually cost them the most money. Uh, college education is first and foremost. I don't know how many parents say... Well, I'll, I, we'll, we'll save for their college later when they get older. Well, if you wait till he's 14 and you only have four years to save before he starts, you're probably a little bit late on that one. Long-term care. All I keep hearing is, my kids will take care of me. Well, if you have Alzheimer's or if you have a stroke or you have some type of serious medical condition where you actually need some type of medical professional to assist in your care, obviously your family, no matter how good their intentions are, they're not going to be able to necessarily provide that. And because of the fact that long-term care is one of the types of things 
that falls through the cracks in regards to the way our health insurance is, is designed, it's a real problem for people. And it's extremely expensive. And you have to make sure that you're at least considering how you're going to address it. Okay. Uh, this is an important topic, and I like to talk about this. I like to talk about topics that we don't necessarily want to talk about, but they must be heard. They must be discussed. That's, 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 that's the juice. So resistors come, uh, they procrastinate? Procrastination is a big problem. Okay. Yes. Okay. So procrastination. What about um, when you do your work, when you go to work, what is the biggest thing you look forward to? Something that you say, you know what? Yes, I have the procrastinators. I have the resistors. But you know what? Something like this makes up for it. The thing that makes me happiest, and I think it might arguably be the biggest myth about people in the financial services industry, you cannot do this job unless you are totally committed to it. And a lot of it is about making sure that you're just right, that you make sure that you provide the right product, provide the right service, and that you win the imaginary chess game that's going on. So, for instance, let me okay, give you an example. Let me I, give you an example. I'm, I'm intrigued now. <laughs> Mark comes to me with $100,000 just for a number. And he says, I'm thinking about buying either Facebook, Apple, or Amazon. Right. Which one of the three should I purchase? So I might take two days, <laughs> seriously, right. literally two days. So think about it. And, and go over, and this, by the way, is what I do on my Saturdays and Sundays for those of you that are my clients that are listening. I will spend my Saturdays and Sundays going through financial reports on these three companies and going, okay, if this one's here and they have this particular advantages in regards to their financial report, is there a chance that they'll be higher at this point in time in the future? Or can I get Mark a certain percentage return in the future? And it's about, it's about being right. It's about being right. It's about being right and making sure that I made you money on your 100000 And not so much just made you money, but made you the most money out of the three. So if you say, in, in a year, did Bill pick the right stock by making sure that he bought me Facebook because that one made more money than, than Google and Amazon, mm -hmm. then, then I kind of am proud of myself. Making money isn't as important as being right is, believe it or not. So being right. Yes. Being right. So, so that's like a juice. Oh God, yeah. That's, That's a, a huge juice. <laughs> All right. That's a huge juice, and especially, especially when you consider that, you know, being right in spite of my politicians, being right in spite of the Federal Reserve and whatever they're doing with interest rates, being right in spite of a trade war between the U.S. and China, being right in spite of problems in Brazil or Venezuela or whatever else is going on globally. If I still make Mark money. In spite of all of these little distractions that could get in the way, then I really get the juice about that you're talking about. Okay. So is that ego-driven then? 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You cannot do my job unless it's ego-driven. It's all ego-driven. This whole job's ego-driven. Wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I appreciate your candor with this. Um, have you ever seen the movie Billions? Or oh, not movie, I'm sorry, series, Billions. No, on Showtime. I have not either. But I have watched some clips, clips, you know, like the actors. You know, the actors, they do the best they can, right? Try to showcase the tension and, you know, the act, the, the, the stress of the fi- financial decision-making, billions on the line. And, this, and you can see their acting. I mean, you can see right through because they don't live it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a different lifestyle, right? I mean, the actor can only do so much. Real person who is in this trench, in the arena, you can tell right away. And one of the clips that I saw, like this guy, he's very intense. He's like, oh, he's talking to his employees. You guys suck. You, 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 bad idea. You know, bad idea. You know what? You're all playing small. Play big. Give me an idea that can shock the world. He wants to be right. He wants to be right. Here's the whole secret, though. You have to be right based on your client's risk tolerance. So being right is what it's about, but being right the way that your client wants you to be right is even what it's more about. Okay. Because Mark's gonna tell me that I can't lose this money because my three-year-old needs to go to college in 15 years. So I got to make sure it's there in 15 years because it's got to pay for his education. So I need to be right, but at the same time, I need to make sure it's still there. If Mark comes to me and says, look, I'm going to retire early at 62. I have $400,000. I have to think to myself, This money has to last Mark until he's 100. How do I make $400,000 last 38 years if he's going to take X amount of dollars every year to help pay for his bills? Those are calculations that they don't show you in the movies. They show you the rush of making the deal, making the trade, making the decision on the buy. What nobody shows you, and this is arguably as important, if not more important, is the part where when and how do you make sure Mark's money is distributed right so he has a legacy to pass on to his children? How do I make sure that Mark's money is set aside correctly so if he does need assisted living, that that money is there and he still has money to set aside? set aside for a legacy for his children there's being right that way too it's still ego driven it's just a different a little different ego driven yeah and i and i'm glad you pointed this out because now you uh, opening up more complexity of what you do oh absolutely it's right yeah the juice isn't being right but like i said how you're right is a little different it's different so thank you for that uh and you know what let's watch uh the show billions together okay all right i'll, <laughs> and we can I'll look talk. at it yeah we can we can talk I, about you know it's funny because i try to avoid those shows you do i do i it's not that many it, no well no shows, like right? the wolf on wall street that was that, an interesting movie i 
I didn't. I everybody told me about that movie for like three years before I finally watched it. Yes, and what do you think? I didn't agree with any of it. Actually, I mean, I know it's it's a it's in theory a true story based on an actual it's enhanced. It's right. enhanced, right? My experiences in New York and working on Wall Street, uh, I cannot believe that even for a minute there is a Wall Street firm that would have tolerated the majority of that, or, or really any portion of that, aside from you know the aspect of it of, of who you're dating outside of business hours. But so, do you think that? Majority of people is not well informed at all. When it comes to the lifestyle, well, not or, just the or, lifestyle, but about the mechanics, the 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 daily grind, the goals. Oh, the, absolutely. The, the, so, absolutely. If, if you're not in the industry, that it, means you're very far away from the industry. Is that what you're I, saying? Yes, because I think I think the part that's really a, a myth is that. For the majority of, of retail investors, the majority of people who have a 401k or an IRA or, or setting up a plan for their kids' education, you're not going to make a lot of trades. Mm -hmm. and, and the movies always show you, you know, the guy moving in and out and trading four times in a day to make his zillions of dollars or whatever. When I sit down with the average client, we're going to spend probably the first meeting and the first hour just on discovery as to where he's at. Um, identify what's important to him and then I'll come up with a summation after the first meeting once we have everything housed and he's on board with us we'll make whatever adjustments we're going to make accordingly and then I might visit with him anywhere from quarterly to annually or, or semi-annually just depending on how much service he actually needs I would probably only adjust uh, a portfolio model maybe once a year, once every two years, mm -hmm. as far as changing what's actually in there. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't trade a lot, uh, and and especially with if we're talking about managing a whole portfolio, there's no reason to trade a lot. I mean, if you set it up right the first time, you don't need to trade a lot. So it's not, it's not really at all what what's depicted in the films. And I like that you distinguish that. And I wanted to hear that from you. I wanted to hear that from you and to share in the way that you just have. Let me ask you another question as we discuss this. Mm -hmm. In your, as you look at the span of your career, mm -hmm. where you started, where you've been, where you are now, where are you going? What are the skills? What are the qualities? What are the things we can work on to become successful in your career? in your field and also what are the skills that we can transfer to other areas that may help listeners of the show because a lot of people who listen to this are business owners entrepreneurs from all over the world who are listening to this so help us if, well as far as skills as far as skills as as a financial advisor goes my industry is changing so much just because of the fact that there's going to be artif more artificial intelligence used in regards and more algorithmic trading that's done where computers are actually making determinations as to when 
your buys and sells are going to occur. Mm-hmm. There is both good and bad with that, and we don't have enough time in this, believe me, to get into all of it. <laughs> but there are both good and bad with that. Right. I think I think the biggest the biggest change and the most important aspect of it for a financial advisor, you're gonna have to be a much better communicator and you're gonna have to have a much better understanding of the holistic picture. The days of calling and and focusing on what product you're gonna provide to a client are gone. It's gonna be a lot more about how you advise him and how it fits into his, his overall situation. If we're talking about business owners specifically, the things that I run across with business owners on a regular basis, so, so many of them have no idea how they're going to retire and they've done nothing to address their retirement. Wow. The second thing is they have no succession plan and they have even less of an idea as to how they're going to finance their succession plan. And it fascinates me because there's a a big mindset with business owners to, they have a tendency to live in the now and, and for the day. And you'll always hear them. I've seen people that have owned businesses for 20 years to talk about, well, I have to make sure that my cash flow is good. I have to make sure that, that I'm ready to, to do this. And I think to myself, well, is your business being run properly where you have the margins and you're basically keeping the part that's your profit? Because ultimately, if you're putting your profits back in your business and the business isn't growing, but you're still putting the profits back into the business and it's just you know, running the same cycles over and over again, but you're not going anywhere, you really need to rethink the model itself uh, because you're either going to grow or you're not going to grow and you're going to keep the profits that you're making. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing either, there's a problem. Mm. Yeah, that's... That's an excellent point, and I'm glad you discussed this because a lot of times we get the rush. We get the rush of building and creating and uh, you know achieving, but what about beyond five years, right? Beyond ten years, and your succession plan, your your um, uh, your retirement. Yeah. Essentially, I, I was looking for another word, but well, I think that's that's I, very I think the biggest yeah. the biggest thing with the succession plan. And again, you know, we talk about it with employees all the time of things like, you know, long-term care or, or what if you, you know, what if you're an employee and you have Alzheimer's and you can't take care of your, your kids are in college when something like this comes up. Well, if you're a business owner and you have 50 employees and you're diagnosed with Alzheimer's or you have a stroke and you can't own anymore, you can't come to the shop and actually be responsible for the day-to-day operations of the business, who does this? And more importantly, if you have to bring somebody in and pay them to do it, how do you do it without disrupting the current business cash flow? What what preparations do you have you made mm-hmm. in order to finance an event like that? And ultimately, you're either going to die, which means that something's going to happen to the business if you're the owner and you die. Or you're going to have some other trigger that puts you in a position where the ownership 
is going to need to be transitioned to someone else in order for it to stay operable. Wow. And it's just, I mean, it's, I, it shocks me how many, how many businesses I run across and it's not even thought of, let alone addressed. Apple computer. Steve Jobs died. You thought that the world came to an end. I mean, even their transition, and please don't get me wrong, because I personally believe Tim Cook's done an excellent job. But if a company like Apple Computer was that intimidated by the loss of Steve Jobs, you hear it with Warren Buffett all the time currently. What's going to happen to Berkshire Hathaway when Buffett passes? Does he have the right person in place? Do they have the right the right uh, assessments in place to make sure that Buffett's philosophies on mm-hmm. investing are still going to be carried over? You know, how much is that that truly worth to the overall value of Berkshire Hathaway? If somebody as big as Berkshire Hathaway is worried about losing their owner, mm-hmm. then you would think that. Judy and Joe Smith, that are plumbers, <laughs> have the same should the same. should have a similar concern somewhere along the way. Yeah. Well, that's you know I didn't even expect to talk about this, but I'm glad well, that we did. <laughs> I'm glad that we did. Contact me by phone at eight six three four five zero seven six four one, or by my email address, which is w j m e l l a s at yahoo.com. Thank you, Bill. I think we covered so much in such a little time. And thank you for being open. Thank you for your honesty, your presence, and your laughter. Thank you, Bill. I hope you come back and you'll tell us how you did it. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. Give me, leave me the comments. Uh, give me the ratings. Give me your feedback. I will take it all and I welcome it all. Thank you, everyone. And don't forget to speak brave.